Hey guys, Dingo here. Today I'm sitting down with Maki, the co-founder of SushiSwap. In this episode, we discuss how SushiSwap got started, the kinds of people they tend to hire, their relationship with Uniswap now in 2021, the benefits of listening to community engagement, government regulations, why Americans are being uniquely excluded out of cryptocurrency, and what it's like being on the frontier of DeFi. And all this is just scratching the surface in this incredible interview. I really hope you guys enjoy this. Thank you. Hey guys, Dingo here, back with another episode of the Saffron Academy podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Maki from SushiSwap. SushiSwap is a popular Ethereum-based decentralized exchange that allows users to swap tokens, earn rewards via yield farming, and more. Maki, in particular, is a pseudo-anonymous full-stack engineer who helped launch SushiSwap alongside Chef Nomi, and it's a really amazing opportunity to get the man himself on our platform. So, Maki, how are you doing today, man? Hello, sir. I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much for the intro. Yeah, no problem. If you don't mind, I'd like uh, to peel back the curtain a little bit and just get some of the backstory on SushiSwap for those of our listeners who aren't totally familiar with the uh, the origin story, uh, per se, because it is probably one of the most wild rides in crypto, I think, uh, I have come across in recent memory. It started essentially as a Uniswap fork, and it has kind of evolved into its own sort of beast. Um, and you know, the way you guys offer sushi tokens as incentive for people to provide liquidity is is was revolutionary. And uh, I'd love hearing about sort of the, I believe they call it the vampire attack, or <laughs> or whatnot for liquidity. Um, so if you can maybe kind of walk us through maybe the early beginnings uh, with you and Chef Nomi and sort of how this whole thing got started, that'd be phenomenal. Sure. Um, very easy. I mean, I was scavenging Twitter, the crypto Twitter that we all love and ate. <laughs> and one day I just literally stumbled upon this kind of very interesting Medium article that was um, pitching basically what a community-owned Uniswap would look like, where, you know, like the distribution, uh, instead of being kind of, I would say directly going to VCs and the team, the initial team uh, would be kind of distributed entirely or you know mainly to the LPs, which are basically like populating this horrible. Uh, that's uh, that seemed like very cool and kind of in theory. And then I was wondering like, could this work? Right? Is this kind of actually gonna happen? What is here? So I joined the Discord. Uh, there is literally like, I think nine people in it. There's like a guy at the very top of the discord called chef Nomi, which is yeah, the chef of the restaurant. So start to talk about it. Hey, what is going on here? Is this, is this real? Is this for, for fun? Like the tokenomics are true. You're going to get, you guys are going to flip the switch on Uniswap and you know, uh, the, the, the fees accurate to this like governance token. Um, get an answer like literally like by this big panda character, and it's like yeah, we're actually like we think that we want we need some we need to enter something uh, to these quote unquote VCs and kind of deals happening behind back door and so on and so on. Because if you go back a little bit, um, you need to remember 
this was when there was no token for uni um they just raised the Serie a there was mm-hmm. MuniSwap that was also raising capital um there was balance that raised also some capital so there was not really uh, there was of course like banker that did like a massive ico back then but they were not really in the picture right. and yeah it's just like they said we just want to to do this and get there so said so, you know what i've been dying to get in the space i've been highly motivated to implicate myself with uniswap and so on it's been extremely difficult for the people listening here they don't realize how hard it can be to join these kind of uh, defi crypto team that were um during the bear market 2018 19 20 where you know they all ask experience they all ask a credential in the crypto space which is very hard to crack in so yeah i mean decided to implicate myself and here i am today we built like this amazing protocol with uh over like 20 full-time contributors yeah and a, a lively community like one of the most <laughs> die-hard community i've seen in the DeFi space yeah and for reasons you know because we're very open and we engage a lot so this is exactly this is kind of how it went um i asked chef nomi to become the general manager of the restaurant okay mm-hmm. like a, a, a very um a moderator like in, in insight where you know i would welcome guests to our venue and basically have them troubleshoot their lp provision problems and uh, answering any question finding the audits for or master chef contracts and so on so it was a very kind of uh, exciting times that you know we're about to turn one year and now today it's totally different but so if i heard you right does that mean that you had no real experience prior to sushi swap working in the cryptocurrency industry i i had no experience working in defi and kind of with these kind of uh, i see wow. protocols okay yeah, indeed so that was very um far from me very alien i didn't know the space from very far away you know like i've been implicated or at least following kind of everything related to crypto since 2017 um and then you know like more like i've been an early users of pretty much all the the crypto dApps and so on so right but in terms of DeFi, this was kind of your first foray into it and what what a what a landing, man. Like what a first time. That's incredible that you turned into something this elaborate and this sort of this popular. Because I, I believe within I want to say within a week of you guys fully launching, you guys were approaching, if not exceeding, over a billion dollars in uh total lock value. Yeah. Back then that was like, you know, a gigantic figure that, you know, we held the record for quite some time until <laughs> um I think it was big data DAO or something came, you know, they did it in 24 hours. So this is just a statement on to how quickly this space is now moving and the liquidity providers are more sophisticated. So, but yeah, it was unheard of. We're talking about um, a time in, in DeFi where Uniswap V2 just crossed like 200 million, 250 million in TVL which was crazy because only like, you know, one, two months ago, they were at 80 and they were unable to get higher. Most of the liquidity, the TVL was um, in money market, like, you know, Compound, Aave, 
some extent MakerDAO. Uh, MakerDAO was actually like the biggest for a very long time. But anyways, that is exactly how it went through, how it happened. And that was, Chef Nomi was, you know, um, ultimately after, you know, two weeks left um, in a very bad uh, manner, you know, like um, was accused of rugging the pool, uh, rug pulling everyone by selling um, the treasury tokens for 14 million worth 14 of million, ETH. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then kind of disappeared for quote unquote one week uh, before giving back the money. And he stayed with us a little bit after that. He stayed maybe like I would say like one month to kind of make sure everything was fine and then kind of left. And um, I know he's still um, keeping up with Sushi developments and so on. And you know we always have a room, a place for him if he wants to come. He is like one of the most, um, he, in my opinion, like dedicated meth head I've met mm-hmm. in my life. Um, it was highly inspiring when we talked together and I never had any kind of doubts about him. Uh, of course, uh, that was kind of uh, when the rug was pulled, I was a little bit uh, blindsided and uh, lots of people were telling me that uh, I should have seen it coming and, you know, there was red flags and so on, but we were able to to go through it. And I think uh, these events really kind of shaped on how Sushi is today and, um, yeah. Made may make for a very crazy story that's probably gonna be a movie at some point. I was gonna say that, yeah. Like well, cause in the end, I feel like it was ultimately beneficial for the protocol. Um, because you know, even though Chef Nomi did kind of walk away with the uh, $14 million worth in ETH, he did return and it also kind of I believe he turned over control of it um to one of his biggest critics for some time. And um it kind of helped inadvertently paved the way to make this protocol and make sushi swap um just completely decentralized and community driven and i noticed and i might i might be getting my timeline a little bit off here but i noticed like not long after that um uniswap itself actually started sort of almost following suit in terms of like you know releasing the the uni airdrop i believe that was like the maybe the second or third week of September um, to people who had used the protocol. I mean, how much of that, of Uni's response, do you think was, uh, let me rephrase. So how much of Uni's kind of rollout of, you know, their tokens and their governments, how much of that do you think was a response to what you guys were working on with Sushi? A hundred percent. That was because of Sushi. I think it's been very clear that, you know, Uniswap has become reactionary to come uh, to some of our steps and action. Mm-hmm. Um, the token was one of them, and you know, like I think no one is unhappy about this. I think everyone won with this. Um, you know, if Sushi would have been only there to make sure that you know they distribute this token and make it happen, and we close the book, I think people would have been happy. Mm-hmm. But what we did was, I think, more important than this, where you know, like we actually like. There was some liquidity mining happening before, but MasterChef, the smart contracts found like over a thousand farms. This is now like in the playbook of any project launching. You need to have a liquidity mining program. If you can do it with Sushi, that's even better. Um, there's no point in going there alone, by, by the way. It's way more important to foster this kind of community distribution. Of course, there's like better model, I think, 
there's like way to improve on top uh, but ultimately like it should be in everyone playbook um, if you can quote unquote afford it um, but the truth is these projects now are launched in a way where there's distribution for the community and that just makes people more engaged and so on um, of course there's always the risk of mercenary liquidity and so on but it's been mitigated by some other projects like I've been very impressed in how universe.xyz is conducting their kind of distribution with a hundred weeks of um, of tokens kind of being um, dropped to people staking. And if you unstake, then a less of your money is actually worth for it. So it really incentivizes people holding and you know believing in the project for the long term. I do think Saffron Finance had a, had a very interesting distribution too back then. A little bit more complicated uh, than what we saw, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, sushi. I think also the way we kind of created this team of contributor core dev, where you know, like we basically never ask for any resume to any contributors, and always been open to hire anyone that was actually providing value and outputting work in the open. Been eye opening into kind of. Yeah, shipping up this team of builders are like just literally like fully passionate about. There was also kind of this choice very early on that we were gonna pay like above market rates for devs, so to kind of mitigate the risk of us being like a DAO and you know with no entity and so on. I think this was very important, and it paid out very well for for the dev in 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 in, in insight and also for the community member kind of part- partaking in this governance and kind of holding into their rewards and so on. Um, yeah, it's been a journey, man. Like, you know, <laughs> it's been, it's been incredible. Um, it feel, it's almost just one year. It feels like literally like 10 years of my life. Oh my gosh. I kind of get that same feeling because I started with Saffron in November and you know, we're not as close as you to coming up on one year, but we're almost there. And it, it feels like it has been a lot longer just because of everything happening. I could only imagine just with the amount of crazy happenings and, and milestones you guys have hit, what that must feel like for you guys. It, it's it's such an accomplishment. You guys should be super proud of yourselves for coming this far. So that touches on something that I have been curious about um, because initially, you know, SushiSwap kind of started as this sort of centralized exchange really briefly with Chef Nomi and then fully developed into a completely, you know, a community run uh, decentralized endeavor. Do you think that that is a blueprint that is worth emulating for future protocols and future exchanges where you would at least need, let's say, X amount of time, like maybe you know a month or two or three months to kind of establish something that is more centralized initially just to get a good uh, game plan going forward for the rest of the community and then open it up to the masses? What are your thoughts on that sort of approach? Yeah, so so it does make sense. Okay. And, you know, for us, <laughs> internally <laughs> at Sushi, Chef Nomi didn't want to start including governance, say, or kind of um, any input from the community early on. You know, like after one week, I was like, oh, maybe it's time to have people like vote on some things and, you know, take decisions and involving them and so on. Because yeah. that is really what I was striving for, really what I, I wanted out of this protocol myself. 
So that and, was your vision from the beginning, is that you wanted to Yes, yes, okay. yes. And then I realized, you know, afterwards, like, oh, shit, maybe that, that is a mistake. Like, some of them are really not kind of understanding this properly. And mm -hmm. the ramification that was, so for example, we had like, we have $14 million worth of ETH, right? Mm -hmm. uh, back in September, some people were pressuring Avery for kind of a buyback. Uh, this buyback mm -hmm. happened and there was absolutely no impact on the price. And it was just incredibly stupid as a decision, I think. We would have yeah. held this ETH. I think, you know, like we would have made sure that this protocol was funded for, um, you know, the next 10 years, probably no joke, no joke. The next 10 year, um, without ever selling any sushi again, uh, for the rest of this project. Now we have theory in, you know, in USD terms, a profit, you know, we did, we bought at $2 something, $2.40 if I remember correctly. So we're still in profit for X. Um, but in E terms, it's highly different. So I do think, and you know, like, how do we, like, we can't just be paying all of our bills in sushi. It doesn't make any single sense. Right. <laughs> so I would love to just like go around and showing sushi to people and just like, there you go. This is paid. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> but the, the reality is, you know, we need to pay ETH for dev or, you know, like USDC, USDT, like whatever is kind of there favorite choice of stables, et cetera. Like there is like kind of, um, some people are a little bit more uh, risk, uh, <laughs> risk taker and they don't mind being faithful in sushi like myself, but it's still, um, yeah, very uh, concerning to me that the community was pushing for this very early on. Um, mm -hmm. Some other proposal that, you know, like just didn't make any single sense too early on, um, that were out of touch. I do think, you know, like decentralization is a process um, for us, you know, like we're reaching one year. We have like a little bare bone thing going on. We don't have like a fully on-chain uh, governed DAO. I think this should be honestly here by end of this year. Like, you know, I'm, that's my target personally, like, you know, around December-ish. Right. And the thing is, which model do you want to use? Do you want to use something like Aave? Do you want to use something like synthetics or do you want to go for something more like uh, you know still like snapshot dictator dictatorship uh yarn cream style like it's very difficult like we're seeing kind of the flaws of it by you know the recent kind of listing of bond you know like which mm -hmm. has been very controversial and you know there's kind of a bidding war happening it is very interesting to see evolve all of this and you know, synthetics on the other side as this council and has been, I would say for the most, most part efficient and, you know, like diligent and there's not been any issues on, on it. So it really shows kind of, uh, and, you know, like the, one of the biggest issues might have been with the, the token voting is just the people don't go to vote every single, every, every single proposal. There's like no kind of, uh, right incentives to do so or you know penalty if you don't we'll see how this is kind of all going to play out it really depends on experiment. on community yeah it's a great experience it really <laughs> depends like you know things like inverse finance where you know the, it was initially like non-transferable is probably the way i would go now um instead 
for any new project out there listening, I think, you know, like non-transferable is, is to make sure that, you know, you're, you're rewarding people that are actually like contributing something and it's not for the bad reasons or they don't necessarily know what they're getting themselves into. And then afterwards you make it quote unquote liquid. Ribbon Finance is also doing something like this. That's a really good point. Um, that was actually going to breach into one of my other questions. Like, how do you incentivize governance? How do you incentivize community participation? Um, and yeah, I'll have to take a look at some of those projects. And it's it just it's a really exciting time. And I think the fact that you had had no prior DeFi experience to suddenly be elevated to this extreme, like you know, let's not mince words here. Like Sushi Swap is the one of the biggest decentralized exchanges in the entire world. And it is uh, it is so cool to like see your guys's, you know, story just kind of have this meteoric rise and you guys are not even a year old <laughs> at this point. Like it is so wild. Um, but I know you guys have a ton of like products on offer and stuff that you, you know, offer to your different users in the most recent one. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about this next generation automated market maker called Trident. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that at all? Yeah, Trident is our next gen AMM. I think it's like the most important part about it is the term flexibility. You can leverage, you know, a very normal kind of constant product pool like we have right now on Sushi. Or you can do something more similar to Curve where, you know, you have like similar type of assets and you can have multiple of them in one pool. Um, we can talk about flavors of ETH, we can talk about flavors of Bitcoin, we can talk about stables. Uh, there is really kind of no limits here. And this also kind of comes into our kind of multi-chain approach. Um, that could, uh, anyway, I don't want to leak too much alpha, but uh, this is something to think about. <laughs> And then we also have like this kind of pseudo um, order book similar to what UniV3 is doing. So with the ranches, I think it's been incredible to see it evolve in the wild. Uh, it's been highly competitive against all of the other exchanges um, in the market, you know, the DEXs. So I don't think personally like it's perfect product. I think it's really kind of a toolbox for sophisticated actors to leverage it and kind of come up with their own strategies to in part you know like the detriment of the lazy older or lp lazy lp so it is not like um a fix-all solution and that's why you know um, most of the liquidity and most of the launches are still happening on sushi on uniswap v2 they're not happening on v3 it's really kind of a very different landscape in my opinion and we also have like this last one, this last type of pool that is basically like uh, similar to an index where you can have like a various kind of proportion of your portfolio, which is akin to balancer. And all of these kind of pools and so on are being like when you do an order in Sushi routed via like Tines, which is our own sort of routing engine, which you could do a parallel with one inch for it. Um, if you would like to um, to kind of imagine it for the people that are actually have some DeFi knowledge. Yeah. Um, so this is a little bit like what we've been working on. It should be available like in 
early September, uh, depending on the audits, pipeline audit goes, I think, um, you know, we did like a little bit of uh, tweaking to the constant product pool. So our new um, sushi pools are a little bit more gas efficient. You know, we were able to shape 10% on gas transaction wow. on it. So that is going to be, you know, for mainnet, a little helpful too. It's not like uh, crazy out there, but you know, like when Gwei, it's over a hundred and you know, like there's like all <laughs> these JPEG being minted. It's just, that's the best thing that you can wish for. Yeah, well that adds up. I mean, 10%, that, that adds up for sure. I mean, one of the biggest hurdles that we encountered earlier this year was when, you know, we kind of had that, uh, whether we want to call it a bull run or not, I guess the the, cl the clock is still ticking on that or whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was costing our users a ton of ETH in gas fees um, to uh, stake and unstake on our protocol. And so yeah, 10%, like, that's great. <laughs> that that, that yeah. adds up for sure. Um, Thank God we have like layer two around the corner and I all these kind of uh, deployment <laughs> on sidechain, you know, like, for anyone that haven't used, I think like Polygon or one of these, like, I think we have over like 10 side chains right now at Sushi, like whatever it is, XDAI, Armini, Avalanche, <laughs> um, and so on. Like you can, like low fees are, are possible in this, in this day and age, which mm -hmm. wasn't before, by the way, it was like, there was absolutely no solution on this scaling issue, but now, you know, even like more robust solution layer two are coming online, like Arbitrum, I'm so excited about it. I um, ZK rollups, ZK rollups are gonna be a game changer in my opinion. So we'll see um, what happens there, but yeah. Gas, gas fees is probably the only, one of the only, I guess, obstacle in your way for kind of uh, major adoption, in my opinion. Like I, they, yeah. for like the, the the normies out there for the regular crowd, they will never get over paying for a transaction, paying to make an action on the interwebs. You know, yeah. like for them, it is it is an alien concept. Yeah. For us, DGens and crypto ads, we are you know built different, so we're able to mitigate this. Yeah. But it's a learning curve, and it is. I remember early on, as you made to like, you know, like spending these, I don't know, two, three dollar at five way was pretty intimidating and nobody wanted to, to try these smart contracts because of the, you know, you could be hacked or you could uh, be robbed or something. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always, uh, especially with flash loans now, but anyways, this is. Yeah, we're gonna get there when layer two is, I think, fully unlocked. Yeah, I and I am so excited about that. Like it's it's I, I just have such a great feeling about this year, the rest of this year, and then going into 2022. Um, I did kind of want to ask you this question, and if it's something you would rather not comment on, it's totally fine. But I was curious because is there any like bad blood between the sushi swap team and the uniswap team, or is it more of like a you know, hey, we finally have like the Uniswap team being like, hey, we finally have some serious competition. Um, you know, like this has caused us to make all these positive changes, like, you know, rolling out the Uniswap, you know, governance tokens and making changes to our protocol. Do you find that that 
in, the, in this industry as it you know is, is continues to emerge do you find that that kind of competition is is healthy or is it hurtful um you know i'm pretty friendly with i, I like i like uniswap per se and i kind of look at their kind of uh, progress and so on um but i don't think this is reciprocal yeah i don't think it's i don't think they like us i think they're oh. pretty uh salty about all of this um you know personally it's just we're doing our own thing we're kind of moving with the community uh we're listening to them it's basically like the uniswap i wanted to see you know that's kind of <laughs> what personally i was kind of i was driven to do if i yeah. could have done everything i could and contribute to uniswap back then i would have done it man i wanted yeah. to i wanted to get involved and you know it was not possible i told you earlier the walls to get into crypto were very high and that's why whenever i hire uh, someone it's all about the output i don't care who they are i don't care how old they are i it is really just about are you able to do it to the job are you able to are you passionate about this is it something that you want to do and so on and if it's the case and you know like we do a trial we give them a chance yeah if it works out man we just we are them like that is the the most i think open and decentralized way to do things there's no where are you from uh, there's no what is your bank account it's literally like <laughs> we send them we send them sushi at their address of choice they make the work for us and there you go and this was not possible um you know today they have like this grant program amazing great um, but they're still a council. They're still kind of gatekeepers in some way. Um, why is not the community able to voice which project should be receiving grants instead? Uh, it's kind of, there's always something. There's always something that this fails. You know, right. and the distribution, we can talk about it. I think they potentially deserve it. They, they, no, they, they truthfully deserve it. But you know, when you put this in mind with kind of sushi and you, you think about the fact that, you know, the the team at sushi has 0.8 percent of the supply circulating supply for the entire team 20 plus people start to think about like yeah i don't know maybe maybe that's fair i think <laughs> um yeah we don't have like 40 percent of our supply or something like yeah. this i don't know just some food for thoughts and this is kind of my perspective and you can see it in other projects too you know you're in finance. The team didn't even add token. Can you believe it? If this yeah. is not the most pure thing I've ever seen, and they had to mint them tokens, and which they totally deserve in my opinion. Um, mm. it, but you know, it can be done afterwards with the community at all. You know, if the community think that they deserve it, so be it. But the fact that all of this was done in a vacuum. Um, yeah, with barely, barely like any input from no one. This is what is wrong. Look yeah. at the governance. Look at the governance. Like it's just at some point, like we're moving on our own path. You know, like we are not even like I was. I wrote uh, a roadmap for twenty twenty one for sushi where I wanted where I wanted the core dev to move, and they've been eating all of the checkpoints everywhere like it's if you go look at the checklist it's done 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 yeah. done 
And then you realize, damn. And there's been things that I didn't know were going to be spawning from this team of builders, creative, um, show you is an example of it. You know, like we're going to be dabbling into NFT exchange for soon. How exciting is this? Oh, would you, would you have fun. even seen, would you have even seen the space blow up one year ago? I mean, <laughs> potentially, but you know, like crypto punks were very, uh, underground, very unknown. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's similar to like, like autoglyph and kind of all these things that was just crazy. And, you know, for this platform, what we really want to be doing is yes, trading of NFTs, of course, but also kind of enabling these creators and artists to actually like, you know, start to dabble in social tokens a little bit more too. Um, something that was left for dead with cent.co, if you remember CNT, um, we want these artists to kind of, you know, potentially like offer the services against tokens or consultations or, you know, dedicated, um, time with fans or, you know, conferences, whatever you want to call it. I do think there's like a lot of unexplored potential around this for, um, yeah, these creatives and all at the, at the very bottom, everything is powered by sushi for the trading of these tokens for the NFTs. There's like a minimal fee going to sushi holder for this. And this is how we kind of fund this platform. We're not launching new tokens with, you know, like strange distribution and so on. We were thinking about it, but we're not too sure yet. You know, we want to make this great. No, we don't want to overcomplicate things. We don't want to have a community that is too, I would say, focused on the price action and kind of the speculative aspect. Right. And inherently, this is what you create with the tokens. You can, like, you know, of course, create like diehard fans with the tokens and people that are gonna have a sense of ownership. But the the line is very fine, and we try to. Yeah, stay off of it as much as possible. We might, you know, we might might get there, but we'll see. It needs to be very uh, thoughtful when you do so. But anyways. No, I, I absolutely love it because it's it's just like you guys have all these potential ideas in the pipeline. You're always thinking ahead. You're always looking to innovate and iterate on the stuff that you have. And I, I think it's it's phenomenal. And I really love what you said earlier about how and maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but like you basically created the Uniswap that you wanted to see essentially. And, you know, the free market kind of also, you know, clearly by your massive success with SushiSwap, the free market kind of also wanted to see that too. So it's really cool how this all sort of just kind of works in lockstep with each other. And, you know, I think that kind of competition between you and then Uniswap, even though you guys are both kind of branching up doing your own things now at this point, I, I think it it's just healthy for our industry because it pushes both protocols to work harder and make and iterate more. And just ultimately the, the end user benefits, I feel like, from that. And you know what's the problem here and why this is gonna keep happening? And maybe like someone wanna will want to build the sushi they want to see that you know yeah. I cannot help, for example. And I think this needs to, this is like a broader kind of um, thing that needs to be more democratized. If there would have been incentives 
to fork the front end and kind of run away with it. I am a hundred percent sure there would be more teams contributing to Uniswap, and really? they would have been more aligned. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The fact that people assume you can only like fork codes and work for free or maintain these for free is stupid. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> and then, and then the main the main protocol or UI is not even giving any um, exposure to these quote unquote fork or work of love from contributors is right. stupid. It's <laughs> totally stupid. And that's why, you know, like for sushi, like I really want to get this proposal out of the way where, you know, we were, we we're going to be able to not only incentivize like these front ends, but potentially like developers are also kind of using sushi money Legos to do like swapping. <laughs> I think it's the base. I think everyone should be able to earn like by contributing back to their own protocol. Of course, there's going to be abuse. And of right. course, you need to put like some guards in place. But this is a process that we need to start working towards. And you know, liquidity, I think LUSD has been doing it. Have they been successful? It's hard to, it's hard to quote unquote evaluate right now, but I think in the long run, it's going to pay off for them. It is highly difficult to retain eyeball attention from very talented people, mostly because they can spin up their own thing and make more money potentially worse, you know, like they are like um, retired and they just don't feel like they need to, um, to push any further. So you really need to have something in place so people can just take it, run with it, and build their own magic. And you know, if this would have been in place, maybe here today, I wouldn't be talking with you, Dino, to be frankly honest mm -hmm. with you. I would have contributed in a heartbeat. Right. And this is what I am. I am someone that is driven and passionate. And yeah, this is just like, Sushi was the perfect kind of environment for me to thrive and let my quote unquote workaholic person self, you know, just do what I love. So this is something to consider. And, you know, with regulator kind of coming into play, it's just, it's going to need to happen because otherwise we're going to see like more censoring happening. We're going to see more pressure from, from them and so on. And, you know, the moment we kind of start to play with their rules, uh, which is is good in some capacity, but you know, once you're kind of too deep into the, the hole and you can't crawl back, then this is where everything we've built is basically useless. Yeah. Man, you are on fire. I, I'm really loving this. And I can tell that your passion and enthusiasm for this space is just it's infectious and it, it kind of drips off of every word you said. And yeah, I mean, that kind of segues perfectly into my next question. It's like, yeah, it's getting to the point where we're probably going to start seeing regulation soon. Um, you know, how do you, do you have any kind of anticipation of those? Any kind of like uh, predictions on how that might impact the space? Do you think we'll see some sort of like uh, market panic briefly? And then a I think I think, you know, like all the regulation FUD and so on is since inception, since crypto existed, 
since Bitcoin was here, like, how are we going to regulate this? How are we going to control this? The truth is you cannot. The truth is it is way harder than just trying to send some Polinos and so on to some random people that you don't even know where they are. That for as far as I know are in a cave in Pakistan. Okay. <laughs> so you can, you can do whatever you want, but you won't get to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even if you get to them, like it's running on the fucking blockchain, you can't stop it unless, you know, there's like some admin keys and uh, we hope that, you know, all of them are burned. Otherwise, uh, Chris Black is going to knock at your door <laughs> and yeah, ultimately, like, I think these protocols, um, I've been seeing like initiative, like uh, Lex nodes, uh, popping on Yearn governance forum on curve forum too. And probably like, you know, at Sushi, we're going to start to discuss about it person too. Um, oh, okay. the truth, the truth is all these protocols, they're going to need to get some, you know, general concealed. There's going to be kind of a truce where everyone talks and, you know, like we've seen these, this DeFi fund from Uniswap, regardless of how it went and how broken this is, hopefully we're going to see some positive ROI on it. If not, you know, that's just, just a joke, but yeah. I do think, yeah, we're going to see like more like professionalization on this part of the spectrum in the ecosystem. Uh, is it going to be bad? Is it going to be good? This is hard to tell. I think um, maybe some people are going to get excluded of this kind of new financial system, like Americans, like we just saw um, in DYDX new airdrop. The airdrop. Yes. Ameri- I was gonna, yeah, yeah. Americans are just like, are not worthy of receiving free money because <laughs> it is for their protection to stay poor, you know, like they're not yeah. going to make it. And it's sad, but you know, at the same time, there's been, there's been some, some very dubious ICOs in 2017. And at some point, like, you know, people were always called full play when something goes wrong. When, when the investment goes up, nobody will ever um, complain or, you know, nobody will get in trouble. But whenever like shit hit the fan, this is when like, oh, let's get the lawyers involved. Oh, blah, 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 etc. Or, you know, yeah. like, there, of course, there's like some very bad intention and ill-minded people and scammers. Um, you would assume that, you know, in crypto, where one of the most kind of revered line is DYOR, <laughs> would actually be, quote, unquote, like leverage more. But yeah, at the very end, uh, all these kind of concern about KYC, about um, regulation, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough, but I think we're going to survive it. I think we're going to make it on the other side. And I think um, it is better now than never. You know, like better comes at some point and hopefully we can legitimize it instead of shunning it. And I've, I've listened to Gensler a little bit. Uh, it's yeah, just, and it's, it's always boomers, you know, it's always boomers yeah, no, right. kind of, uh, looking, looking at all of this. They don't understand what is happening on, you know, for all the other people and they don't understand kind of the value because they're entrenched in, in this old system yeah, kind of system. favoring yeah. this old institution and kind of not moving the status quo and so on. So that's why, you know, we are in crypto and that's why we're working in DeFi. And that's why I think it is very important to kind of stand our grounds and at least try to let's just educate them, but show them literally like how it can be done even without them. So 
Yeah. That, because there's like, there is truly like crazy value being created Absolutely. in DeFi. It is well, like, like people in the bank industry, I can tell you, are looking at us and they are salivating. They are mind blown. Like some of these systems are still running on COBOL main, mainframe. <laughs> like, can you uh, believe how far, how, how, how out of touch this is? I know, man. For them, like they, they, they literally like skipped an entire cycle almost. You know, like they literally like skipped the whole web two thing. They're still like they're not even in web. They're like in man, it's just crazy to me. And you know, like they're gonna, they're looking at the blockchain. They're looking at what we can do with with this. And it's a threat. Literally, it's a threat. I think for them, mm. if they don't integrate. If they don't start to contribute, if they don't quote unquote fork it or use it, I think they're gonna left to to dust and no nothing farther than like ten years in my opinion. Like I, I really think so. It's yeah. that big of a deal. I, I think you're 100 percent right, and I think like, what really also speaks to me um, on a uh, like philanthropic level is that just the ability for crypto to help so many people in poverty uh, uplift themselves and the the massive potential uh, that it possesses and jack maulers uh had a wonderful speech at bitcoin miami uh two months ago uh, about his time in el salvador and kind of how you know something staggering like 80 percent 85 plus percent of el salvadorians don't have access to bank accounts even though ultimately the the buck kind of stops with their economy like the buck kind of stops with our own us dollar Yet they cannot open, um, you know, bank accounts and invest in foreign markets. Um, what and that is why, like some people, they don't realize crypto is not necessarily for you in your comfy ass in North America yeah. and Europe, yeah. where you know you have a decent like banking system. This mm -hmm. shit is for everyone. Bingo! Right, and I, this is yeah. like way more than like the very few privileged people that can have you know easy banking and transfer uh, the at a touch of a finger with uh, whatever is the, the trendy app in the States right now. I have like, whether it's Square or Venmo or whatever, PayPal, and like all of this is not necessarily remotely accessible to everyone. And this yeah. is why kind of DeFi shines is that no, everyone can just spin up like a Chrome extension and literally like start, you know, swapping. They can find P2P people, they can go on, on ramp. It's kind of, we came such a long way since the beginning. So I think it would be <laughs> delusional to think that we're not going to even push further away. Yeah. Um, I, I know we're coming up on time a little bit. How are you doing on time? Do you have like an extra five minutes, five or 10 minutes, or are you pretty strict right now? Yeah, yeah. We, we can go for like 10 more. Okay, 10 more. Awesome. Thank you so much. Because um, you did touch upon something um, really briefly, because I, at the beginning of this podcast, you mentioned Avalanche a bit and that is also another one that up until i believe it was a few months ago um americans also couldn't buy into that americans like you had to be considered an accredited investor to be able to buy avalanche until i want to say it was maybe okay coin or maybe I, there was one exchange that it, it's not like one of the most popular ones but they then they finally started listing that and it made it available for americans to purchase um and i I, you know, I'm bullish on Avalanche. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of potential there. I like the team. I like the founder a lot. And um, I, I've used the tech myself and it's pretty cool. And uh, 
I just wonder, like, what are your thoughts on, you know, on a macro level, if the United States doesn't get, you know, their their act together um, and they get left out of these, you know, airdrops out of purchasing these new tokens out of all this sort of stuff. Do you think that this could eventually negatively impact the entire country when you have all these millennials that, you know, aren't able to invest in the same kind of technology that their you know, brothers and sisters across you know, the Atlantic can? I think it's a matter of just like, you know, in the States, to be honest with you, um, they're probably going to get like, yeah, uh, how you call it, uh, segregated uh, from the yeah. entire kind of DeFi world for a few years. And then when some people with their act together are going to be in Congress and, you know, like, who knows, maybe it's going to be some people um, from another generation that come up and say like, yeah, this is just like complete nonsense. You know, like it's just <laughs> completely stupid. And then they're gonna like finally scrap all of this and they're gonna be partaking in all of this. Because the truth is all the builders are not gonna be building in the States. All yeah. the all the traders, all the people that are actually like involved are just gonna not stay in the States and you're gonna see an exode and hopefully it's gonna be to, um, yeah, some better grounds who knows <laughs> i mean ultimately like it would be very cool to have like crypto crypto country but that's another thing <laughs> that's for yeah that's uh that's when you you're too deep the rabbit hole you know like we can't start yeah. talk about this today like it would be uh, a little bit too extreme a little bit. Uh, you know like uh you can get some very very <laughs> <laughs> compelling cases for for that but uh, that would be yeah. next level you know like building already like we have a bunch of anons like building this whole kind of new financial system uh, let's not get them to rebuild um a country in one day but <laughs> yeah, well, um but i do think you know like tapping into kind of building these new governance models is also going to be very important and you know like to be honest with you um at sushi like once you know this AMM is launched once we have like all our um, our product quote unquote like at, at their prime. I hope that we can potentially like diverge some of our um, dev efforts into like public goods. Things are not necessarily to accrue fees and money to like the Xushi holders and you know like basically like just gifts for the the whole kind of community. Um, whether this is like you know governments, whether this is um, you know we're we're about to actually release something for liquidity mining um so people can basically spin up their own and kind of have the same access to, same tools that we have access to we we built like a massive suite of things like to power sushi itself and you know like if you want a sneak peek by the way yeah. just some alpha for everyone you can go at sushi uh sushi i think it's a dash or i don't know what to say it in english so like in the middle oh, of so, search. Yeah, so sushi hyphen or sushi dash. Hyphen. Yeah, sushi, like, uh, basically what we're looking at here is sushi dash ops, ops dot surge dot sh is what we're looking at. So this is one of the public facing kind of operation tools that we have at sushi. We have like three, four of them that are just like kind of helping us run all these liquidity mining initiative. Um, all kind of the operation at Sushi. It's just like Yarn is doing it with um, Banteg uh, language to operate not safe 
and you know we want to be following these things because man yearn are freaking powerhouse of DeFi. yes they are <laughs> they're like trailblazing so many things it would be foolish to not follow along um follow on their steps and that's why you know we've been kind of partners since uh, december and it's been a wild ride so <laughs> yeah um gosh man this is this interview is one of my favorites up there. I love your passion, love your enthusiasm, and it's just been such a great opportunity to be able to just sit down and talk candidly with you about some of the stuff. Um, as we close out here today, I would be a little remiss if I didn't talk about uh, Saffron Finance a little bit. So I guess maybe as we close, if you would like to talk a little bit about maybe uh, SushiSwap's relationship with Saffron or your personal thoughts maybe on risk tranching and how that can kind of help um move DeFi forward a little bit yeah um you know we've been supporters of psyche for work and you know the entire team uh very early on i think it's you know like just with the double incentives that we were running together i think it's a great um i won't talk about like just specifically saffron because i think you know like let's go a little bit more high level like everything related to tranche and mm -hmm. so on like whether this is saffron whether this is like other project i think there's something here that is really kind of yet to be tapped into in a major way and once this kind of unfold and unlock it's going to be highly powerful and that's why you know i think potentially like these use cases needs to be pushed out by DAOs, you know, like by Saffron, maybe they need to come knock at Sushi door to the community and kind of propose something that could be highly beneficial for both. Um, mm. We are like, just thinking about everything you can do with kind of liquidity mining and uh, the output and how we can potentially like, you know, do some for the people who are willing to take a little bit more risk and, you know, have a higher payout down the line to get like a senior trench instead of like getting like just spending a token, you know, like just, you see what I mean here? Like there's yeah. some very interesting kind of um, experiment that can take place. And even though these are very kind of uh, touchy to touch, like nobody, no LPs wants to hear about, oh, we're going to be changing how they get paid out, you know, like their rewards. Right. But if we do like a compelling case, I do think for the people, for the LPs are like long-term minded and they can have a bonus quote unquote by kind of subscribing to these kind of trench products. I would be huge, man. I think so personally, <laughs> because I, you know, like we I have like the vesting in place. This is not the way to do it, man. This is not DeFi friendly. We need something like yeah, trench product and so on. But how do you, how do you think we should be corroborating? How do you think Saffron should be actually like pushing more things forward? I'd say it definitely starts with a lot of good partnerships and like listening to our community because I think that we can look at kind of your success with SushiSwap and we can look at sort of the broad strokes of how you deviated from Uniswap and kind of take from that uh, the importance on community feedback, the importance of having a clear vision sort of moving forward. And really, you know, if anything, um, I'm I, I welcome kind of the healthy competition that we have in the risk tranching space, uh, because in the end, it is going to make our protocol that much better. Um, in the end, it's going to make, you know, the whatever protocol comes out on top that much better for the end user. So there's a lot of things here that I'm really just bullish for. I'm really excited for. 
Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that we're going to be announcing in the coming weeks and months, especially now that version two is finally on the horizon and it's going to be, I'm just, I'm just super excited for it. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot. Um, of... I would I, w- I would always abstract competition. I would always abstract competition. Don't think about it as competition. The pie is so big in DeFi. If you really want to think in an adversarial way, frenemies. But to me, it's just it's sort of coworkers. Literally, to me, they're like teammates, coworkers that all kind of working towards like the same goal, and we're doing our own things. You know, our own vision. Like I said, and yeah, I if like if you're um if somehow maybe your vision is not the best one mm-hmm. it is possible and in this case you can always kind of uh pivot do other some do other things you know i've been seeing like one of these one of these most interesting pivot i've seen recently is charm finance that was doing options leverage cube but actually found product market fit with Univ3 Vaults, where you know they are actually providing a passive experience for LP because yeah. it is needed, it is a problem, and they were solving it. And all to their honor, you know, like Max and Tom have been incredible to follow along this path and journey. And mm-hmm. they are anonymous too. Uh, they are non-docs from what I understand. I gotta, I've never heard their voice. And yeah, man, it's just, sometimes it is what it is. There's also like people when they realize, like I was talking with, um, like, okay, so I have this like very weird obsession about options in, in DeFi somehow. I really like them. Okay. Um, and you know, I was following also primitive finance, what they've been doing. And their V1 was okay. It was not like a, a success because I don't know, lack of liquidity, marketing, who knows? Like it, it can always maybe it was lack of tokens. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, or maybe the appetite for these products needs to be more lazy, needs to be more passive, similar to what ribbon is doing on top of open, where you know. It is you just deposit money and they will buy the call or puts or everything related to it for you. And this is what is popular. And this is what uh, they've been able to max their cap, you know, like 10 million, 30 million each time. So, you know, I've been talking with Alex and it was like, yeah, we're going to be going for a V2 instead of, you know, pursuing this kind of vision. And to me, this is so cool, like to see kind of things evolve in real time people like literally just, they wake up, they code, they eat, they go sleep. You know, they wake up, they engage in DeFi and crypto. And it's just, man, it can be tiring. And I know life is not just about this. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to encourage kind of this uh, highly uh, (laughs) workaholic schedule and so on to anyone. But I really think when you find your your true purpose that's what it looks like and of course kind of stepping back a little bit and not just being absorbed by this whole universe that is crypto where you can go on and on for for weeks even years you know like studying ethereum to be honest with you i think is and just ethereum itself like not just like blockchain and crypto at large i think it's a two years process Hmm. and I am very honest with you here. It's a two-year okay. process. 
to really the kind of steep steep up the whole kind of learning curve and it is increasing every single day like for myself i have like a reading list of things i need to look up right now because i am too absorbed on my side and these projects are popping up left and right and it is so freaking cool <laughs> being at the frontier being in the frontier of DeFi, is probably the most exciting thing one can do right now if he is in his um you know like teenage years to 30s i think it's really one of the most it's hard to keep up but yeah. it is the most fascinating thing ever i 100 agree and that maki i gotta thank you for that um those words of advice like not viewing it as competition because especially after hearing your story with sushi swap and uh you know uni swap and that kind of stuff it just it kind of clicked for me just when you mentioned that just sort of like you view it as in a completely sort of different sort of manner because i love if, that if you if you go you know from it if you come from a legacy path where you know you've been in tech startups where you've been in this kind of molded by this competition and kind of always need to fight against someone or something like in the states very hard to get out of it and it's very kind of old school if you ask me the people are talking about competition and kind of fighting in DeFi are always a little bit older if you look it up um mostly mostly because i don't know man maybe they're not used to to yeah cooperation and kind of teamwork like we can all win like that is kind of the the whole point here we can all win together even though it sounds impossible i can a hundred percent tell you that this is the case and if you don't believe me we were running incentives on uni token since almost inception <laughs> you couldn't do anything with your uni token um you know besides like of course like voting and LPing on Uniswap to get some fees, but you could LP and Sushi and get also our community token if you wanted. Like that's like, you know, we are actually not, uh, yeah, kind of adversarial as much as people think. And of course, like I cannot speak up for all of the community members and I cannot kind of be engaged in all the communication. Some people might be a little bit more harsh or toxic, right? but you know, at the end of the day, like, that's not what I'm preaching, you know? If I was preaching this, I would be a totally different discussion. So. <laughs> well, that's a lot of wisdom, and I, th I think you hit it on the head, especially as someone who is American and has come from traditional uh, traditional background, and, you know, this is my second year into the crypto stuff. Like, it's, it's definitely, it's adjusting a little bit for that. But, yeah, and just talking with these really highly successful creators and innovators like yourself, and others that appear on this podcast it is it's really you do get this sense of camaraderie and this just this we're all you know trying to better ourselves and um yeah man i maki really it has been such an honor to be able to sit down and talk with you i'm sorry that we ran over time a little bit but i, I couldn't help myself man you are such an oh, interesting person <laughs> you're such a person good. to talk to man it's all good um i can tell you though saffron finance with Psykeeper there is it is one of the projects that I'm following. And it is tremendously crazy how talented this dev is. You know, like in the anon yeah. anonymous kind of community, I can tell you he is in top five easily, in my opinion. I would hundred percent agree with that. And it's 
every 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 day like when we touch base and when we talk and he talks to me about what he's working on and how he's accomplishing all this stuff it, it always just blows my mind like i i don't think i've ever met anyone as smart as him and of course i'm sure he's gonna be listening to this and just <laughs> laughing to himself but it's it's absolutely true um but maki i won't keep you any longer i know we've gone over time uh, twice now but seriously man thank you so much for taking the time to sit down it has been a truly an honor thank you so much have a good one dino and it was a pleasure Absolutely. Take care of yourself, man. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to go and rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Saffron Finance underscore. We also have communities on Discord and Telegram, and you can find the links to those in the show notes. We'll see you guys next time.